Ada benda tak elok dah masuk dalam kawasan ni Hey, welcome to CC Talk Talk A podcast where we see and talk about life and the stories Through games, books, songs, but mostly movies Today with me, we have Delton again, as usual And we're actually going to talk about Raw Which is a local horror movie that came out recently And is doing really well in the cinemas It got about 400,000 in 2 weeks Yeah, about free, there. free remarkable Yeah but before that, just gonna do something new, which is to catch up on like the latest news on TV and shows. And unfortunately, <laughs> very unfortunately, oh boy, we have to talk about the Netflix cuties. That really very innocent and cute little name called cuties. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear from the chuckle is Dalton with me again today. Hello guys. Yeah. <laughs> again. Man, if you've seen news about movies and shows. I'm pretty sure you've seen the QT's poster or the trailer and well you know my gripe and my huge annoyance with Netflix's marketing and algorithm and all that curation nonsense so this couldn't have come at a much better time yeah <laughs> I mean, we did an episode full episode on our annoyances with the way Netflix does things not about them as a streaming platform but the way they market their shows the way they inject sex whenever they can into their stories and cuties is just them hitting a peak lah I mean I don't even know if it's a peak or not I hope it's the peak because I, I'm not <laughs> sure whether it peak would be the right word I would probably use abyss but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah abyss would be better than peak <laughs> uh, so okay if you do not know cuties basically shows an underage girl Dressed really skimpily with her finger in her mouth. Girls, plural. Ah, uh, girls. And they're all in like semi twerking positions with full makeup on. <laughs> it, it's, it's a French film. It recently won the Best Director Award at the, this year's Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. So you, you think a festival like Sundance, okay, and this is where I would give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Sundance doesn't usually give out this, uh, these awards very lightly. So there has to be some kind of merit to the yes. show. You know, I'm not going to knock yes. it. I haven't seen it. I won't knock the show until I've seen it. However, and the poster that they used at Sundance was actually perfectly fine. Right, no, yeah. It just shows a bunch of kids like playing on the streets. That's it. It's, it's very innocuous. Yeah. It's not like implying anything other than, you know, oh, this is just like a teen coming of age drama that's apparently very well directed. Yes. You know, coming from France, uh, we expect no less. Yeah, so Netflix picked up on the show. And mm-hmm. when Netflix decided to share that they have it with their marketing, it was a freaking sexualized poster of an oh, underage boy. girl. Why? I mean, judging from actually, if you watch the trailer, right, it's perfectly fine. It's just about the girls are they are growing up, so they are coming of age and they are just discovering themselves, like, You know, and what they and that and with that comes a sexuality, of course, with life for better or for worse. But it's perfectly fine. The, the trailer actually shows it in a really fine way of a teenager, a young girl trying to grow up and then she's conflicted with you know how to dress nowadays and because she's from like it looks like she's from a very conservative family correct yeah so understood perfectly fine but when Netflix here shows I mean the title is called Cuties and that is already one thing I I don't know what the French title uh, means but I hope that it doesn't translate word for word into cuties because oh, I, I think it, they, it should have been renamed something a little bit more innocuous. And even yeah. Netflix's Netsipnosis about the show doesn't talk about how a girl is coming to terms. Instead, the first line is, oh, this girl discovers twerking and with it, she joins a dance crew. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I don't know because it, it really feels like 
like a robot design this poster and this marketing campaign for Netflix because come oh, yeah. on any human being I mean okay I won't I can't generalize because some people like it but any some people like it what Jeffrey Epstein I, I don't know <laughs> but any sane person when you look at this trailer you have a sense of uh, pedophilia and sexualizing an underage girl this is where for me oh my god it's such an annoyance because I can truly say that I believe that an algorithm and AI created this poster, you know, mm. they're like, oh, sex sells, so, hey, kids, yeah, sex sells combined with kids and you get sexualized kids, oh. This is like the after effect of 365 days, we were already debating how low would Netflix go from here, oh. and we didn't realise we just answered our own question with this, oh it was God. only a matter of time before something like this come, comes up and crosses the line that should not be crossed. Yeah, and Dr. And shared with me earlier that online someone actually messaged uh, Netflix, right, and yeah. asked them where do you stand in sexualizing children and all these things, and Netflix's response is Oh, we cannot comment on this because we stand for creative freedom or something along those lines. Now, it's I, available online, you can go and Google what the I'm not sure whether that screen cap okay, was created, was created or, or what. It, it seemed very legit, So, but knowing well Netflix table of content and not wanting to be sensitive with a lot of uh, cultures, yeah. I'm going to That's say... That's the best yeah. part, reading that, it could have been a bot replying it, like, a, oh like an automated <laughs> response based on keywords. And that's the best thing because if that is the case, it just exemplifies Netflix perfectly where they just run an algorithm <laughs> and just numbers. So basically like chat box. Huh? <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, our very depressive take on cuties. <laughs> and the unfortunate... Oh my god. <laughs> and I think today, uh, Dalton just saw that Netflix, what they did is that they just decided to market the movie for 18 and above. Yeah, <laughs> a, parent, a parental... Uh, rating of 18 which is like hmm I thought you were marketing this towards teenagers what happened there <laughs> if you don't if you really don't get our annoyance with this just go and check out the poster and just go and check out the original Sundance poster and compare it to how Netflix sells it and then you get why what the F is going on careful with browsing the original poster though the FBI may be watching <laughs> man okay so uh, enough about that Let, let's Go to our original topic of RAW, R-O-H, in case if you're not Malaysian, RAW stands for spirit in uh, Malay, which is the local language we use here, basically, mm. even though we talk English primarily. Anyway, so RAW came out two weeks ago, it's by Kumar Pictures, and the director is Emil Aswan. Tried to be able to finally watch it last week, and it's my first experience going to the cinema post-Covid. Uh, I have to say that we watched it very late because I wasn't... I didn't feel safe enough stepping into the cinema hall la. but right. after hearing some good reviews about Raw and I really wanted to support a local movie so I forced myself into a hall and I felt safe la. there's only 5 people with me in the cinema I went in the morning This, is, this isn't uh, the western world, cinemas are still pretty much being frowned upon yeah. so you're, you're, you're in good hands Yeah, You had a better first post-Covid-19 uh, ex- movie experience than me though I had to experience Train to Busan 2 mm. so yeah. there you go yeah, that, that, just listening to him talk about that, you know what he feels about that movie lah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Raw was pretty great. I think easily, on, the first thing I was talk about, say about the show is that I think it's the most beautifully shot movie, local movie I've ever seen. Uh, I think the techni- technical skills uh, showed in the film, especially any scene that has fire in it, I was really impressed with the lighting of 
scenes that had fire like and it's okay so the setting sorry so this is, <laughs> this is not a review but we're just going to talk about the film okay uh, i don't think we i mean just decided not to do a review just to talk about a film just for the sake of it and have fun talking about it so raw is about an estranged villager who is living alone with her two kids in a forest right and she meets other strange villagers in this forest and weird things happen lah let's just just summarize it just like that let's just say weird things happen when they shouldn't happen yeah going back to our so-called review slash talk about this show it's a beautiful movie man that first scene when we try not to spoil anything but i think the first scene is fine because it appears on the poster right mm-hmm. uh the first scene when the girls when the girl walks up to the fire Man, I, I was really impressed. I, I was straight on, wow, this is a Malaysian movie finally hitting the standards of Hollywood films in terms of quality of film shots. So it's not even Hollywood. I would say this is an like independent American European yeah. cinema. This is uh, something that we did not expect coming from, mm. from a local filmmaker. And this has a very strong, obvi- obviously it's an uh, independent film. It's not, a, it's not funded by a mainstream studio. Mm. But it certainly has that look and feel of authenticity. Like it's a folk horror movie, yep. and it's so seeped into this culture. It's seeped into this uh, forest. It, it makes the forest a character of its own. Yep. And for hundred percent, hundred percent, for it to actually pull off that feat with the camera work, yep. with the acting, with the blocking. I was actually completely enthralled with yeah. the atmosphere of the film. I actually thought it was one of the definitely, like you say, one of the best looking like yeah. Malaysian films I've ever seen. It's and very rare for for us to be able to say that because a lot of times in local movies, uh, unfortunately, because of budget issues and the difficulty of first filming in Malaysia with our mm-hmm. weather and our lighting, our natural lighting here. Oh yeah, the humidity. <laughs> so I, I I sometimes can understand why it's difficult to film in Malaysia and because of budget constraints the environment might not live up to like you know the certain time or period drama that they wanted to display because hey you got no budget to dress it all up but in raw oh my god it's amazing the forest looks the part you yes yeah I've never seen a Malaysian forest jungle uh, the trees look like the trees you see in like you know Blavish project the ho- so imposing show. yeah <laughs> you you get that sense of oh my god you can get lost in this never-ending jungle and then you mm-hmm. see rows and rows of trees and i think the team did some cleaning up they have to right? it looked so messy as always <laughs> right so i guess they clean it up a bit they arrange the trees in certain ways and they create that hypnotic uh, sense of trance like where you can lose your mind in the jungle and oh it's really great I can't give you any more praise. The look and feel of the movie is really perfect. I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I absolutely think that they knocked it out of the park with the atmosphere. I Again, because of budgetary issues, it's unfortunate that the story was not as enthralling. It still managed to keep the basic flow and in all honesty, I actually saw something not really coming from a, a mile away yeah. <laughs> narrative wise but that didn't dis- detract me from the overall quality yeah. presentation of the yeah. film i actually thought this was very well plotted very well acted out and mm. something i'm not sure whether you noticed this mm. but there could be like unintentional subtext of not letting your neighbor into your own home during mm. an uncertain time mm. especially now with the pandemic going on mm-hmm. like you know this stranger or neighbor that you know 
may or may not be carrying something that's mm. going to bring doom to everyone. So when I was watching the movie, I I, I kind of popped in my head like, okay, I I can see where this movie will have some uh, unintentional like subtext yeah. towards it. And I think it adds to the experience, especially it couldn't have come out at a much better time now. Whether it's intentional or not, that's a credit to the film because a good film if you look at it from different angles, it will give you different things. Yeah. You know, a story can be flexible in that kind of way sometimes. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you are over-analyzing things or not, but hey, yeah. that's always a testament to a good movie. Right. Like, and, yeah. and because of that subtext, I believe that this is like a movie for our time. Yeah. In, it's not just Malaysia, but globally as a whole, you know, a movie for the times. Yeah. And it's done exceptionally well, it's shot exceptionally well. Yeah. I really cannot praise the cinematography and the direct direction enough. Especially for a Malaysian movie, that praise means a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You yeah. get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but back to the story, I, I can't help but uh, compare it to Robert Eggers' The Witch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not that I always want to compare films to like a Hollywood movie, but you, you just can't help because this category of horror is really very limited out there. And it's actually a compliment, I say in a, in a very complimentary way that this movie reminded me of uh, The Witch. So you don't expect jump scares, you don't expect ghosts to pop out and scare you like that. But what you will get here is a very slow burn, very conversation based kind of horror where Mm -hmm. the family or whoever that's involved in this uh, tale, they slowly lose their minds, they lose their security and eventually they meet uh, supernatural things and you know, it it creeps up on you. I found it really amazing that a local movie attempted, I mean the fact that they even attempted it and they pulled it off. Because I don't, if you ask me to think of like a movie where there's like a one cut and they only say like five words. (laughs) Hardly ever, hardly ever in a Malaysian movie where you get two people just staring into the distance, losing their minds and then they just say like, oh yeah, we should do that. And then just (laughs) another five seconds of quiet, the camera doesn't cut. And then the other fellow just looks up and stares at him with a messed up expression. And then it's just quiet again. I, I think it's just amazing that a, a local movie attempted it and they pulled it off really well. Like the whole movie, I was just paying attention. I didn't once felt bored or what. Uh, it's really just a testament of the the flow and the scripting of it. Really it. Like you mentioned, it, ha- it has a very strong hypnotic effect. Mm. Like, you know, these scenes, they're not slow for the sake of being slow. Yeah. They're actually like pulling you into the atmosphere, mm. pulling you into the story, like into that location. And for a, for a horror movie, overall, not just for Malaysia, mm. overall, very daring use of daylight. Yes. Uh, for a horror, it actually makes the forest a lot more scarier. Yeah. Like the way the trees, like you said, the trees are being framed. Mm. Again, you know, very rare in horror movies generally. If you shoot daytime horror, the only the last movie that attempted this was Midsommar. Yeah. And again, another A twenty four movie we had The Witch, which was A twenty four. I'm gonna add another couple more horror movies that this reminded me of. The Witch is the biggest example. Hereditary. There's some shades of it there. Mm. There's another one that I'm not sure whether if I mention it, it could be like a potential spoiler, but uh, this Korean movie called The Wailing, oh, yeah. it reminded me a lot about that uh, mm-hmm. plot-wise. Yes. So I admire the ambition uh, the directors, the makers took with this. This is something that, you know, if you were compare it to other Malaysian horror films like, say, Munafik. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Munafik in and of itself is very entertaining, yeah. but it's a little bit, you know, over the top. It's very... 
loud, very brash, mm. very aggressive. Mm. Uh, but it's intended to be that way. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the that's the template for most yeah. uh, Malaysian horror yeah. movies. You know, this one is quiet. It's yeah. subtle. Like you said, it creeps up on yeah. you, which is very rare. And I think that's the most effective way to scare audiences. Mm. And the the audience I saw it with, I saw it in uh, KLCC. Mm. They were scared out of their minds. Like uh, Makcik yeah. <laughs> to my side, they were covering their eyes at a certain moment. Yeah. So yeah, this movie is really effective. I'm glad it's doing very well. Yeah. Uh, knowing what they what the makers had to go through, I mean, budget limitations mm. and, you know. And kudos to the actors and the children who acted. This oh movie. yeah. Pretty good. So I've never seen them before, but I'm not the most familiar with local the, content. The guy who played the... Uh, the guy who played the spear. The guy who uh, he's probably the most known actor. Yeah, he's that. actually like a filmmaker. He's the guy who directed, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Crossroads 1-2 Jaga. Mm. So, again, he, he's like probably one of the champions of Malaysian indie cinema. So seeing him here was... No surprise. I think he did a very good job. That yeah. lady who played the, uh, the mother, not uh, not oh, just the, the mother, but the the mysterious old lady. Yeah. she also did a very good job. Yeah. Oh, then they good. Uh, the cast mm. was really the cast good, was great. Uh. Was spot on. Yeah. So um, if you can catch it, try to catch it. Apologies to Kuman Pictures that we covered <laughs> this really late because, like I said earlier, uh, I just didn't feel safe stepping to the cinema hall, unfortunately. But I really hope that, uh, well, at least if you guys watch it in the cinema, hopefully they get a second chance on the streaming platform or even Astro or wherever else. Mm. And it's worth a watch. It's really worth your time watching. Yes, this definitely. <clears throat> this is the kind of local movie I would go out of my way to support. Yeah. Uh, because it's actually good. Mm. You know, <laughs> I don't know whether that sounds like a good or bad thing uh, overall. But yeah, this is like effective horror and it, it uses like. Malay folklore in a very interesting way, very yeah. unique delivery of Malay folk horror, yeah. which I wish there were there was more, more being made yes, of. You know, I want more movies like this. Which is also again another plug-in, another conversation that I always wanted to have with uh, Dalton and some of our other guests is that hmm. I really wanted to talk about Malaysian myths or stories that we want to see in a film. Like personally for me, I want to see a Hang Tua epic. Oh yes, I really want to see a Hang Tua epic, man. Like well done. But anyway, that's another conversation. Hang Tua epic done on the scale of Braveheart. Uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> really, I'm not even kidding. I really want to say that. <laughs> so, uh, like talking about war, right? I can't help but bring up something here, which is how we perceive uh, our local movies. Uh, I'll just be honest and say that the standards for our local movies are not that great, lah. Okay, <laughs> I think anyone can just be honest and say that. But I'm not oh saying my. it in a way to dish the local filmmakers because I understand. <laughs> There are a lot of reasons and well powers above that kind of prevents the quality to be better lah. Uh, I just put it that way. We can't say certain things because of certain reasons. Not not uh, to say that they prevent the quality from being better. It's just that like they don't find it marketable. You know. Uh, no, I would argue that they actually <laughs> prevent certain movies. I'm not kidding because uh, let me see if I can say this on there. But I can whatever. So <laughs> I run this show. I can say whatever I want. Right. So we actually talked to a filmmaker once, and he made a movie. And when he tried to get funding from a local body, I can't say who. The local body actually told him that, hey, if you make this movie, you made the other local movies but look bad. You need to dumb down the movie a bit. So that the others won't look so bad. Oh my. I'm not even uh, making this up. Oh my <laughs> if you search hard enough, you can actually find his interview where he actually says this. <laughs> uh, can 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 you reveal the name of the movie or? Uh, no, I, I uh. better not. <laughs> <laughs> just take my word that I didn't okay. make this up. And even yeah. if I want to make it up, what the heck, I can't. 
Okay, so no. I'm not even kidding when I say that the local authorities will try to prevent the quality from improving. So anyway, what happens is that a lot of movies nowadays like got funded and was that they actually went overseas to film festivals or whatever and they did well there, they gained the acknowledgement of international uh, film festivals mm-hmm. and then with that, then only they come back here to get the funding and the approval of the local authorities. And, and it is a documented thing that when at first before they went overseas, they couldn't get the approval and the support of local authorities because they said, hey, your movie is not that great. But when they went overseas and they showed that it looked actually good, then only the local authorities said, play. Mm-hmm. And even then, they, uh, they asked to change certain things because of uh, censorship and whatever else nonsense. Lah. Yeah, uh, they, they want to have certain things like make sure right gets their way and wrong gets the price yeah. that they pay. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes the world doesn't work that way. Yeah. Sometimes movies movies can be fantasy. Movies also can also be reality. The yeah. uh, thing is, we, we cannot compromise one way or another. You know, there has to be like a balance of both kinds of content coming out. Yeah. Otherwise, there wouldn't be diversity in the content. You yeah. know? We wouldn't even be championing Ro if it had not been for this kind of uh, diversity, yeah. in all honesty. So bringing back to the quality of local movies, uh, again like I said, Raw is really a step up from our usual quality that we get. Oh, Raw is good, period. Yeah. Whether, whether, whether it's Malaysian or not. It's just that when we talk about local movies, uh, sometimes it's really difficult to say like, oh, it's good for a local movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so that line, that line for a local movie, unfortunately it comes with this uh, good and bad, la, right? It's very unfair yeah. that we say that. Because when you say that, we kind of depict Oh, because the standards are so low, it's good. But at the same time, <laughs> yeah, you, I'm not. I'm trying to <laughs> to to share this thought. I, I get you. Balance, I get you. you know. But at the same time, I'm saying that because if you don't say that right, and you if you don't set the right expectations, you know, if I just say, oh yeah, it look, it sounds like it, it's like the witch, and if people go in there expecting that kind of quality, then it's really unfair. So to yeah. judge because why it's unfair is because the local movie here probably only got like. A, a little like one out of ten of the budget that the witch had right and the witch by itself was already an independent film yeah. different since it's american complete creative control yes. yeah. so even though as much as we believe that skill can overcome budget uh, sometimes budget can affect time restraint which heavily affects how much the actors or the directors are given to film a scene you know if they want to get things right you need to do it over and over and over and there's so many filmmaking process that requires time so with a, with a lesser budget, they have lesser time to refine their craft. So that's why sometimes when we talk about local movies and we say like, oh, it's good or it's bad for a local movie, that extra line for a local yeah. movie. I mean, sometimes we don't mean it in a bad way, but sometimes also we mean it in a good way. Mm. And very rare, la, I would say, a movie, I can confidently say, steps above this, oh, for a local movie line. La. <laughs> yeah, you, you every time have to mention... Uh, Oh, I saw this uh, movie once, and then so and so will ask, "What movie?" Then you mention the name, then you, then you say, "Oh, how was it?" Then you say, "It's good." Dot 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 for a Malaysian movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, then that that irks me because you gotta add that line in yeah. to like entice people who are not used to seeing good Malaysian or good local yeah. cinema. You gotta you gotta use that line to entice them to go out 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 of their way to watch it to make sure that it's worth their time. Now for me, like I really do not like that. that but sometimes for really really good movies, uh, we no choice. We have yeah. to use that line. That's the only way to entice them. I think we're not trying to say that 
that line is bad or good. Mm. But I think what we're trying to say here is that whenever you hear that line or when you want to use that line, maybe just give it some thought. You know, yeah. don't just throw it out as a local movie. Give it some thought because when you say that, when you use it as a comparison, it comes with so much uh, baggage behind it. You know? Yeah. Like I said earlier, it could you could say that because you're actually complimenting the movie that hey, for a local budget, that movie is actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you can say that because the standards are so low, this movie yes. actually improves the standards. I mean, it could mean so many. Like yeah, like what you said, it is implying by using that line, it is implying that Malaysian movies pretty much are terrible. And uh, but. Which isn't the case. There have yeah. been some really good That's gems right. over yeah. the past few uh, decades or so, you know. Like, especially, you mean the world to me, the journey, uh, Ola Bola, and Pekak. Pekak is really uh, overlooked. You should see Pekak if you have the chance. And Song Lap. These, these movies are great. Yeah. But again, you know, they get swept under the rug because of the stigma that is yeah. Malaysian cinema. You yeah. know, we're not, we're not Thailand. Thailand has Ong Bak, which just. Yeah. Like throttled them into the stratosphere. Indonesia has the red movies, yes. uh, and even then, also even non-action. Thailand has that guy who won the Cannes Film Festival. He's yeah. going out very strong. Oh, the Thai movie, the the one with the exam. Oh, Bad Genius. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. One of the best movies of the year. And that was that was one of the few uh, Thai movies that isn't martial arts that got a great reception overseas, internationally. Bad Genius. Yeah, really good movie. So, so yeah. here's the thing. Unfortunately, because of the standards that we have here, it, it will be said this line, you know, for a Malaysian movie, <laughs> it will be said. And well, I think it's something that we have to strive to together with the filmmaker and as an audience to you know up that standard demand for better quality, demand our local authorities to be braver, be to have better taste line in approving mm. movies and all that, and. You know, once we step up above here, this this standards that we are in, mm. and then one day we will stop saying it hey, for a local movie because yeah. even we ourselves will accept that hey, our local movies are pretty good, and we don't have to say that line anymore because we are off certain standards already, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't help that in Malaysia our cinemas are always playing Western movies, that big budget movies. I mean, they sell. It can't yeah, help. Correct. So I'll just say again, the local authorities here doesn't help the local scene much, uh, unfortunately, you know, we don't have, like if I'm not mistaken, in Philippines, their schools actually has film education as part of their yeah, curriculum, whereas in Malaysia, none, okay, so <laughs> it doesn't help that here, the arts is not appreciated, movies are not pushed or encouraged, whereas movies here are just treated as pure entertainment, it's not treated yeah. as an art or a cultural platform, and that holds it back quite a fair bit already, because uh, well, government doesn't support it, which means there's no funding, which means there's no grants, which means the artists are going to struggle much harder to create their craft. Sad truth, <laughs> sad reality, but that's the way it is here, until things change. <laughs> so I guess as an audience, even though we're going to say for a Malaysian movie, doesn't matter, as long as we talk about Malaysian movies, as long as we spread the word about it, yeah. Uh, even though if you think the movie is average, but you want to try to convince people by saying like what Delton said, oh the movie is okay lah, but good for a local movie. Mm. Never mind, but as long as you get the word out, get people talking about Malaysian movies, I think it's really important lah that we get the word out. Oh, another movie, sorry, another movie which is really good, not just for Malaysia, but overall, Guang. Oh yeah lah. There's another one. That's a great movie, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a great movie, Guang. Very good movie, exceptionally well done movie. Fun fact, Guang is about uh, an, an autistic 
yes. kid, right? The show got prominence because it was made. It's it, a it, short was a, film it was a short film for the BMW yeah. shorties. And then I believe the director got funding to expand that short film into a theatrical yes. feature film. But again, a local director who has a good movie in hand couldn't get the approval or the support locally. He had to go some ways overseas mm. or get some international acclaim. Then only the local authorities came in to support them. I mean, in this case, it's Pat- Petronas, right? Because yeah. it won the Petronas Short Film Fest. And in this guy, Quick Xiao Chan. Yeah, Quack. Quack, yeah. <laughs> Quack, sorry. Uh, yeah, so he actually uh, made this as a tribute to his, I believe, his own brother. Yeah. So you can see that it was his own blood, sweat and tears yeah. on the screen. It was heartfelt. It was heartfelt. You can see it. And, okay, there are only so far three films, three Malaysian movies, which have a very distinct visual eye, mm-hmm. a, vis- a distinct cinematic eye. Guang is one of them. Yeah. Another one is You Mean the World to Me. Mm. And then now Ro is the third. See, so, high praise for Ro. Really. Yeah. That's how beautiful and well shot Ro is mm-hmm. really. Uh, since we are bringing up other local movies at this point of time, I, I would like to bring up Fly By Night. I really, oh, yes. really like Fly By Night. If you talk to me outside of... Uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. <laughs> For better or for worse. Make, uh, make sure you don't mistake it for cuties. <laughs> no, don't spoil Fly By Night with that, man. Don't. Yeah, Fly By Night is awesome. That is yes. one of the rare, rare Malaysian films where I won't say it's good and then I accompany it for a Malaysian movie. It's just good period. Yeah, that's, it's just good. That's it. I won't even compare it to local movies because mm. I really cannot compliment Fly By Night enough. Like, yeah. I really think that one has rose above our local standards. It, it's Malaysia's answers to Martin Scorsese's Mean Streets. Yeah, so it that. has the same tone, it has the same vibe to it. I, I, I dig it. I dig that movie. I've never seen a local movie that has that kind of energy and flow and polish. Very, 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 very. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And also a disclaimer at the end. Uh, we are both... Uh, we don't have... We never worked in a local film industry before. Right. Uh, we have always both our careers have skirted around the local industry, <laughs> and by in that nature, we've met with some people who have actually worked in the industry, mm-hmm. and uh, I personally have met some people who work in the local authorities, uh, prominent actors, and then I just you know dig around, got some insider information and insight on how things are being run, uh, and this is me just trying to. Talk about it in whatever way I can by skirting around the issue <laughs> because I strongly believe that if we don't talk about it, nothing will be done. Yeah. Uh, if we just sit down quietly and allow things to uh, rot or be suppressed, we will never see change and nothing will improve, lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially under uh, certain leadership. <laughs> so that's just a little disclaimer. We are no experts on the local film industry. We might uh, have some information here that might be wrong. We don't know. But as far as I've managed to check and talk around, it's pretty accurate lah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean we're just we're just cinephiles, we're movie buffs, yeah. we're movie lovers. We and just we just wanna see Malaysian filmmakers if they're not already doing exceptionally well jobs, we just want to see them like, you know, be a little bit more daring with their content yeah. choices. We want it to yeah. be I mean not even talking about making good movies, just have a solid opportunity yeah. to tell a good story that they have because I mean creativity is in every one of us but obviously mm-hmm. stories to tell and just to go outside the grain a bit you know yeah like within within the restraints that you're you're given there there's gold waiting to be mined unfortunately a lot of restraints because of the local unfortunately are, yeah. you know <laughs> but still you know Ro can still get made yeah. you know you mean the world to me and uh, Guang still could get made yeah. you know 
obviously not without a little push but they got yeah. made nonetheless so no, that's no, the, but that's the yeah. thing right if it's harder then less people will do it mm-hmm. so, so yeah lah so again raw is good go catch it if you can it's probably gonna run down the cinemas like this week already when this comes out sorry to command pictures that this came out so late again <laughs> but Trust me when I say that I really had a lot of paranoia stepping into the cinema hall. No, no worries, man. Yeah. It is better than me. I risk my life for Peninsula. Uh, what kind of? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, see, oh, this is great. This is a good way to end. Good thing to wrap things up. He watched Train to Busan presents Peninsula. <laughs> yeah, Peninsula. That movie, Train to Busan, was a great movie. Yeah, Train to Busan One was yeah. great, absolutely great. And Peninsula had so much hype going for it because of how great the first one was. Hmm. Dalton watched it. Uh, I guess it's great to compare an Asian movie with an Asian movie, right? Right. Peninsula, bad. Raw, good. <laughs> See? And Raw is not given the same chance as Peninsula. And let's just not talk about the marketing or mm. the support by the local authorities, right? Okay, I'm going to bring another issue here, which is the local cinemas supporting the local movies. A lot mm. of times, the local movies get the short end of the stick, you know? Their movies get shown like 11am in the morning and then 11 at night. Unless they're funded by Astro. Right. Not I'm not knocking Astro here. Astro sometimes make good content and they made you mean the world to me, yeah. so I'll give them that. But again, you know, any like indie Malaysian movie that isn't being funded by yeah. a mainstream studio, probably gonna get like that small cuboid hall in the cinema yeah. <laughs> compared to like what the Atmos Hall yeah. Police Evo 2 gets. Correct. So you this know? is me calling out to the local cinemas, you know. If you get an indie movie who, you know, they don't have enough, uh, as big of a budget to get the bigger halls or more screen times, I don't know what do you all work out together here. But, you know, as a cinema owner and you watch a local movie and you find it good lah, you know, whatever you think is good or bad, but if you find it good, maybe, you know, cut them some slack and give them a better haul, a better show times or extend their run. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry for calling you out, local cinema. <laughs> I, I cannot. Like I said, if no one talks about it, if no one shouts about it, we will not go anywhere. Someone has to do it. Uh, whether this gets me into trouble, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, please, la, local cinemas. Already the local authorities are not supporting the local filmmakers. And then, you know, sometimes you never know you have a gem. Like I know a, lo- a small indie cinema in Philippines called Cinema 76 if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. They were known to show local indie movies which does not get shown in local cinemas. And well, then it was a very small thing until one day they played a student film. And that student film was so good, it got that small indie cinema millions of in- revenue. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they expanded to have like two, three halls now if I'm not mistaken. Oh. I can't remember what the movie is because it's a Philippines title, I can't remember. But the cinema is Cinema 76. I, I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> if not, I will add a, a line somewhere in our podcast to say the correct name. But you see, so if you support a local movie and if it proves out to be a gem, it can actually earn you moolah, right? Because as a cinema owner, you care about the maintenance and all that and, and any costs and budget. So local cinemas, please la, please watch the local movies and if you find them good, support them, give them more show times. If you're not willing to give them more show times, extend them for a week or maybe give them a second run again. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Just try to support them la, instead of showing rubbish films like Bloodshot. 
<laughs> come on, man. You oh, see, Hobbs and Shaw is fine because you have prominent actors, but come on, Bloodshot, you have Vin Diesel who is really past his prime, and you gave it so much showtime. Not, not the most local audiences he isn't. They'll still, they'll still pack the halls for Vin Diesel, man. But see, here's the thing if the local cinemas push raw, like how they push Bloodshot, because Bloodshot, it wasn't really marketed well, no one really knew about it. Mm-hmm. But because the amount of posters uh, the local cinemas threw up everywhere, it became it was watched by local people. So if the local cinemas threw Ross poster all over everywhere, yeah, they spam the marketing. Ah, they spam the marketing like just maybe help out the marketing for such a small team. I don't think Raw is a big budget for marketing. Then more people will have given it a shot. More people will have watched it. They probably will be curious like, oh my god, why is uh, this local cinema pushing this movie? Is it good? Should mm. I try it? And then that raises the question and makes people more more tempted to watch it. Word of mouth, uh, word of mouth builds up from the reputation yeah. that all this marketing spread has yes. uh, done. You say, what is this? We have to catch it for ourselves. Ah. It's sort of like what Blair Rich Project happened yeah. like, many years ago in the, yeah. in the States. You know, What uh-huh. is this small movie? What happened? Look what happened. Blair Rich Project, one of the best horror movies ever made. Yeah, but instead what is done, Raw's poster is like placed, like let's say when you stop in the cinema hall, you have a long corridor of posters, maybe 20 of them has piano Reeves and Charlie's the one on it, and then at the very end there, uh-huh. the very end in the last hall, oh, you no. get Raw. So why not put Raw up front next well, to Keanu Reeves and that will you know, be something interesting. Fun fact, uh, the hall I saw Raw in, right, uh-huh. in KLCC. It was the very last hall yeah, for all local movies. Uh, the, the last hall with the smaller screen and I mean even just okay, even just the placement of the hall is an issue here. <laughs> when you when you do that, right, you kinda unconsciously implanting it to people's minds that oh I'm watching an inferior movie really. It's not getting the best. Oh movie. I'm I'm watching it in the budget hall. Ugh. Yeah, correct. <laughs> So, you see, there's a lot of small things that I really feel the local cinemas can do to up the support for local movies, you know. I really don't know if there's any black and white things going on behind the scenes. I really don't think so, because this is just uh, agreements and all that which could be ironed out easily. And come on, why not show a local movie on the biggest hall like IMAX? Okay, maybe not IMAX. Okay, not <laughs> yeah, but the biggest hall, if, if there's too much to ask, then maybe just do it for like the first day where the tickets might sell well on the first day. Mm-hmm. Just, just give it a shot and give them some support lah. Especially now with COVID throwing down the amount of tickets being sold, it's the perfect time to run this kind of experiments to support a local movie. Yeah, exactly. Instead of showing a rerun of Spider-Man again uh, and again, like why, why not Why not just show some support Marvel, Marvel sells money man, Disney will. No man. Yeah, I understand again the tickets, yes, but like I said, uh, you never know with a local movie which I guess the cinemas paid less for to show, mm. you could sell more and earn more that way, you know? Uh man. Just give it a shot. Exactly. Cinemas, come on! Yeah. We, we, we need more people, at least the audience to take risks. Not risks, yeah. just like take a chance yeah. with these movies, uh to show like hey, you know, we can be as good as the big leagues. Yeah. You know. They they're not released in cinemas without a reason, you know. But or maybe some local indies lah, but that we'll get to that another time. <laughs> Unfortunately, to my dear local cinemas, you have to put in some effort to sell the movies that don't sell themselves. And if you do it and if the movie is great, 
You're gonna earn so much. Really? There's not much effort, you know. So much. Not much effort. You just use social media. That's yeah. it. We're not us. We're not. We're not like requesting for you to plaster them all over town. You know, like no. You know, social media. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do more for the local movies, man. Come on. We request. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> come on, lah. Come on, lah. The, the international movies like Avengers and all, they already have their own social media going right. crazy. They don't need any more pushing. People know already. So give I, I, I remember oh. when Roe came uh, opening weekend, right? They did post some social media memes about Roe. Yeah. I, want, I want more. I want more. <laughs> more, you know. More. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I, always, I mean, we can always improve. La. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a very, uh, I would just say, uh, passionate cry. Very, 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 very opinionated but still very passionate yeah. nonetheless right I mean at the end of the day we really want to see our local scene do well yeah exactly. we want to see our local cinemas do well we want to see our local filmmakers do well we want to see our local authorities we, do well we, we want to see what the higher ups want to see we want to see Malaysia go to the Oscars uh, but we want to see them take our time and take our energy and take our dedication with it, yeah. and not just do and it. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. You know, it's not just doing it for the really need. Not take it into your own pocket. No, no, no. cut that out. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, go watch Raw if you have not. If you can't, when you can, like you know, when it's on Astro or any streaming platform, go watch it, man. It's great. Uh, Kuman Pictures again. Full on mad respect to you for yeah, putting it on. You, you knocked it out of the park for this one. Yeah, to Emil, to everyone involved, at least again, haven't seen you in a few months, but great job. Mm. Oh my god, it really looks so good. So, yeah. <laughs> Should we do one last thing? Do you want to do one last thing? Okay, you first. Yeah. So, uh, I think today will be something really different. It's going to be a game. I hate the title. It's called E Football Pro Evolution Soccer. <laughs> Okay, uh, what? it's by Konami. I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure if you know games, you will know Konami as a company. So, why the title? Don't, don't ask me lah. It's just Japanese people being Japanese people with their, <laughs> their... You know, they have their peculiar sense of style. And I guess they couldn't decide whether football was called soccer or football. So, hey, let's throw both names on the title. <laughs> sure. So, anyway, um, if you play games and you like football, I think you probably know about FIFA, that game, right? It came, comes out every year. I'm here to tell you that after playing FIFA for... I mean, I played Pro Evolution Soccer back in the day, but I stopped because FIFA got better. Like, they had a better football game in the last five years or so. So I've been playing FIFA since, I think, 2015. It was better than Pro Evolution Soccer. But unfortunately, I played it last year and this year or so. But because of COVID and I was desperate for football, because <laughs> all football was cancelled worldwide, right. I just bought Pro Evolution Soccer and I tried it. And holy shit, it's so good. If you are a FIFA fan out there, and if you are bored of FIFA and you are sick of them not improving the game, trust me, go and try eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer. I hate the name. Okay, I'm just going to call it PES because back in the day, short form for Pro Evolution Soccer is PES. It shouldn't be called soccer, it should be called football. But anyway, so if you are a fan of FIFA, you think that they have stagnated through the years, please go and try PES. It is One damn year. good. Oh my god. You when you play Pro Evolution Soccer, you will question yourself why did I waste the last two years on FIFA when you could have been experiencing such a superior quality game? So oh my god, uh, again, <laughs> stupid name, but amazing, freaking amazing game. Uh. Pro Evolution Soccer. Mm. So that's my very different one last thing today. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, I want to go also the, the video game route since you brought it up. But sure. my 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 choice of game is a lot more older than yours. Yes. It's also probably more ridiculous. I'm sure you know Just Cause. <laughs> so I'm gonna talk about Just Cause Two. It's gonna be my random thing for today. I know there's later there's newer games in the franchise, Just Cause Three, Just Cause Four, and you know both of them are hysterical. They're just over the top. Yeah. Like you're using a grappling hook to grab enemies from yeah. a speeding car. Yeah, it's explosion. It's GTA but even more ridiculous. It's well. GTA if it's directed by Michael Bay and yeah. James Bond. Sure. If it's directed by Michael Bay at the same time. So yeah. but sure. suddenly you know but suddenly just cause two has a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Because the region of the game is reportedly based around Southeast Asia. And when I say Southeast Asia I mean Singapore and Malaysia with a little bit of Thailand and Cambodia are thrown in like and snowy mountains but yeah sure whatever and the stereotypes that they got absolutely wrong about southeast asian culture had me laughing from start to finish this is a guilty pleasure game like there's this location up in the snowy mountains called in malay camp gunung belakang pata in english it means brokeback mountain camp <laughs> so you have to wonder whether the writers were just trolling at this point yeah. <laughs> They probably were because that whole game is actually about this ridiculous it's just, trolling. It's ridiculous, but this the stereotypes were through the roof. Yeah. Like I enjoy the game for that more than the actual plot. Yeah. How horribly awesome this game is. Yeah. Like if you have the chance, I think it's probably very cheap now. I mean, just blow shit up around what seems to be Malaysia and Singapore. Play just cost too. Yeah. It's hilarious. So okay, uh, that's another episode done for us. I think, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't, follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Facebook, <laughs> on Instagram. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> so again, raw is good. Yes, uh, go please see raw before it goes away. Okay. I think you have only like three more days to do it. So after you listen to this, when it ends, open your phone and go book your ticket. And then probably get change. And go for your movie. <laughs> now. <laughs> See, man, that's your weekend movie recommendation. Bye. <laughs> Bye.